0: This is a scripture reading from Romans 12:1 through 8. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, on the basis of God's mercy, to present, yourself, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable act of worship. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. We have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, prophecy in proportion to faith, ministry in ministering, the teacher in teaching, the encourager in encouragement, the giver in sincerity, the leader in diligence, the compassionate in cheerfulness.
1: Thank you, Jay, for reading that scripture for us. This evening, we will also be hearing from an Old Testament scripture. Bet you all are surprised. Uh, a couple of weeks ago in, on Sunday morning, I preached the story of Joseph, uh, and preached to- all the way through to the end of the story of Joseph. Tonight's scripture picks up where we left off at the very beginning of the story of Exodus, uh, a couple hundred years after the story of Joseph. Before I begin reading this evening, I invite you to listen to the scripture and to see where the Holy Spirit is drawing your attention. As I typically do after I read the scripture and we pray, I will ask the question to you all where God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, is drawing your attention to see what God might have to say to us before we even begin what Uh, the work of listening to me preach on this scripture. So hear these words from Exodus chapter 1 verse 8 through chapter 2 verse 10, and you should have it in your bulletins to be able to read along. Now a new king rose over Egypt who did not know Joseph. He said to his people, look, the Israelite people are more numerous and more powerful than we. Come, let us deal shrewdly with them, or they will increase and, in the event of war, join our enemies and fight against us and escape from the land. Therefore, they set taskmasters over them to oppress them with forced labor. They built supply cities, Pithom and Ramses, for Pharaoh. But the more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied and spread so that the Egyptians came to dread the Israelites. The Egyptians subjected the Israelites to hard servitude and made their lives bitter with, with hard servitude and mortar and bricks and in every kind of field labor. They were ruthless in all the tasks that they imposed on them. The king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, one of whom was named Shiphrah, and the other, Pua. when you act as midwives to the Hebrew women and see them on the birth stool, if it is a son, kill him. But if it's a daughter, she shall live. But the midwives feared God. They did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them, but they let the boys live. So the king of Egypt summoned the midwives and said to them, why have you done this and allowed the boys to live? The midwives said to Pharaoh, Because the Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women, for they are vigorous and give birth before the midwives come to them. <laughs> so God dealt well with the midwives, and the people multiplied and became very strong. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families. Then he, Pharaoh commanded all his people, Every son that is born to the Hebrews you shall throw into the Nile, but you shall let every daughter live. Now, a man from the house of Levi went and married a Levite woman. The woman conceived and bore a son, and when she saw that he was a fine baby, she hid him for three months. When she couldn't hide him any longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and plastered it with it. The two men and pitch. He put the, she put the child in and placed it among the reeds on the bank of the river. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. The daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river, river while her attendants walked beside the river. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her maid to bring it. When she opened it and saw the child, he was crying, and she took pity on him. This must be one of the Hebrews' children, she said. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and get you a nurse from the Hebrew women to nurse the child for you? Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Yes. So the girl went and called for the child's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child and nurse it for me and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed it. When the child grew up, she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses, because, she said, I drew him out of the water. My friends, this is the word of God given to us as the children of God, and we say, thanks be to God. Will you join me in prayer? Oh God, we give you thanks for the gift of your written word. We humbly ask that your Holy Spirit fall afresh on us this evening so that we might hear what it is you would have us to hear. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So friends, what about this story captured your attention? What was the Holy Spirit speaking to you and, and drawing your mind to you're joining us online. Put your answers in the comment section. We want to hear from you, too. Yes, Jill. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. So, Joe was just commenting on how hard life was back then, and we always say how hard life is today, but realizing that this is a problem that age is ages long, that there is always hardship, there are always people who are not uh, not nice people. Thank you. Yes, Roger. I got told by the police, so forgive me if I get a mold, a mold in here. All right. I've Mm-hmm. God said, Keep on, God. Told me to keep on going. Mm-hmm. Oh, praise God for the gift of the Holy Spirit that reminds us that we are treasured and important. Thank you, Roger. Any others? Yes, Helen. Mm hmm. Yes, over the years, even way back then, there was a fear of someone who is different than you. Yes. Any others? Yes, Dan, I see your hand. Mm -hmm. yeah thank you and thank you for listening to the spirit even in that um scripture reading as well because the spirit is present this whole time so thank you no that was perfect you did great any others So, back in 2020, if you remember that long ago, it felt like a whole different time. I was serving a church called St. Luke United Methodist Church in Sanford, North Carolina, and if you remember, there were lots of churches doing church outside. One particular Sunday morning, uh, we did not have a tent. We had very... uh, just a mic and a mic stand, and that was it. So no tents. We were all sitting outside um, right in the wide open, and in the middle of worship, it started raining. Uh, It started with a little sprinkle, and so we thought, "We we can make this last, and by the end of worship, it was an outright downpour, but So many people stuck around, and what a blessing for that. But as it was drizzling, I turned to the person who was helping out with our technology. And most times, I am someone who likes to make a joke out of everything. And so I turned to him and said, It's okay, God just wants us to remember our baptisms, which was not funny to many people, but he laughed. Uh, And so, God just wants us to remember our baptisms. And Isn't it true? I am reminded of all the rain that we have been having here in Gainesville um, over the last several weeks. It's almost like at five o'clock, the heavens open up on a regularly scheduled basis, and God is saying, remember your baptisms every single day at five o'clock. So that phrase, remember your baptisms, stuck with me as I was reading through these scriptures for this week. This image of of baptism kept coming back over and over to me. And it was like God was saying, Marissa, remember your baptism. Baptism is something that in the United Methodist Church we only experience once because we believe that when God establishes a covenant with us, when God makes us a promise at the moment of our baptism whether we are a baby or we are an adult or anywhere in between. God is always faithful to that promise no matter what but it is us who needs a reminder who a reminder of who we are and where we have come from. Remember your baptisms. So often, we do special things to remember our baptism. Sometimes it's informal, something as simple as a light rain or an outright downpour, or dipping our hands in a bowl of water like we'll do a little bit later in our service. Other times, it's a more formal worship setting where a pastor will lay hands on us and say, remember your baptism and be thankful. Now, my friends, if there is ever time to remember our baptisms or to think about the significance of what bas- baptism means for you, it is now. If there is ever time to remember who we are and from where we come, it is now. Because we live in a world of uncertainty. Now we are in 2023. And a quick trip to the grocery store almost breaks a wallet. A simple uh, trip at sending your kids to school is wrought in fear of whether they will return in one piece. Our education systems feel like they have flipped upside down. Our denomination is still in the middle of denominational strife. Everywhere we turn, whether it's at the church or outside of the church, it feels like the world is in utter turmoil, and we wonder what is next. We wonder what the future will hold for us. Uncertainty is everywhere. Change is discombobulating and disorienting and a bit frightening. And I wonder if this is what it felt like to be a Hebrew in the world of ancient Egypt at this moment in time, at the moment of Moses' birth, it truly was a world of uncertainty for the Hebrew people. The scriptures told us that they were oppressed with forced, hard labor, and the Egyptians were absolutely ruthless towards them. Could you imagine how scary it would have been to be a pregnant woman in Egypt, a pregnant Hebrew woman? In Egypt to carry your baby for a whole nine months feeling the life within you grow knowing that if it, that baby were a boy it would surely die at the hands of Pharaoh could you imagine being a father to a little boy knowing that you might never have a chance to hold him to teach him how to make bricks out of mud or to tell him stories about your ancestors. It was a world that baby Moses was born into. Though his mother miraculously hid him somehow for three whole months, she could no longer keep his gender a secret. So she did what any mother would have done, I believe, in her situation. She gave him his best chance at survival. She made him a buoyant basket, laid him in it, and placed him on the banks of the Nile, in a place that he would surely be found safely floating in the water. Well, that boy was indeed found by Pharaoh's daughter, no less, who was struck with compassion. She chose to adopt the Hebrew boy and named him moses which which means i drew him up out of the water each and every time moses heard his name he was reminded of that day he was reminded who he was and from where he came up from the water As Christians, we, too, are a people who have been drawn up from the water, are we not? We are children of the covenant that can be traced all the way back to Abraham. We are God's beloved children born of water and spirit. At the moment of our baptisms, we are grafted into a long-standing tradition of rebirth and renewal, beginning with the baptism of Jesus on the banks of the Jordan River. But sometimes I think we forget. Sometimes I think that we forget that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. I think we forget that God loves us and sees us as precious people of sacred worth, no matter what it is that we face in this life. We forget that there is nothing in all of creation that is able to separate us from the love of God. We forget who we are. We forget where we have come from. We forget that we have been a people who are drawn up from the waters of baptism. And we need to remember. Like many of you, I don't actually remember my baptism. How many of you can say that you remember the moment that you were baptized? Bless you and bless you. I don't have the gift of actually remembering my baptism because I was too young to remember any of the details. They have been lost to the ages and all that remains is a certificate with my name on it and a date that is sort of halfway like faded out that I can't actually tell the actual date of my baptism. But even though my mind doesn't remember, I think my soul does. On April 1st, 20 or not 20. This was 2007. I became a Methodist through the process of confirmation. At the time, during my confirmation service, confirmation at my church happened when I was in the sixth grade. And at that confirmation service, I was first asked to remember my baptism. And my sixth grade mind said to myself, remember my baptism. How in the world am I supposed to remember something that my parents can't even remember? So as I watched my confirmation classmates kneel down one by one before the pastors, I saw them as the words were prayed over them. And when it was finally my turn, I knelt down and bowed my head like I saw everyone else do. And Pastor June Edwards placed her hands tenderly on my shoulders and said, Marissa Emily Gertz, Remember your baptism and be thankful. Remember your baptism and be thankful. In that moment, there was a sense of utter utter peace that washed over me, a peace that really did pass all understanding. It was a warmth that spread through my whole body, and I remembered. I remembered who I was and where I came from. I remembered that I was a beloved child of the living God. I remembered my baptism. Maybe not the nuts and bolts of it, but I remember what it felt like. And when I got up from that altar space, I felt different. I felt refreshed and renewed. I wondered if it's this embodied sense of remembering that Paul was describing in his letter to the Romans we just heard from a few moments ago from Jay. He says, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, which is your spiritual worship. Maybe he is asking the Roman Christians and us to remember their own baptisms by saying, do not be conformed to this world. But instead, be transformed by the renewing of your minds. My friends, I believe that when we offer ourselves to God, when we are transformed and renewed by God's Spirit, we, and when we are renewed, we remember. I've heard that it's been said, and correct me if I'm wrong, that there are two, possibly three different kinds of people in this world. the the people who really love the beach, there are the people who really love the mountains, and there are people who really love both, depending on your day. I am someone who really loves the beach. My soul finds its rest when I am in the ocean, because there's something about the waves and the sand and the smell of the salt air that immediately relaxes me. When I dive down into the water and I come up, I get that same sense of renewal. I feel the same sense of peace, and I'm reminded again and again of who I am. I believe that remembering your baptism is as simple as that. You remember your baptism whenever your soul is at rest and is renewed. You remember your baptism every time you experience a peace that passes all understanding or when you have an embodied experience of assurance where your physical body and spiritual soul are so united that you cannot tell where you stop and Jesus begins. Remembering your baptism looks like living out your baptismal vows to resist evil and justice and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves. It looks like levering your gifts, your talents, your graces, the long list that Paul listed for us in that scripture for the glory of God and for God's kingdom to abound on earth. It looks like feeding the hungry, giving water to the thirsty inviting in the stranger, clothing the naked, caring for those who are sick, and being a friend to all people. It sounds like proclaiming the good news that Jesus is indeed the Messiah, the Son of the living God. My friends, now is the time to remember who we are and from where we have come from. The time is now to not be conformed to this world of fear and uncertainty. The time is now to be transformed by the renewing of our minds so that we can be the people God has called us to be. In the name of Jesus Christ. So, we remember our baptisms. Remember and be thankful. Amen. After communion, I, I'll go to the table in just a moment. After you take communion, I invite you to come and spend just a few moments near the water. The way in which you remember your baptism is simply by dipping your fingers in the water, touching the water and remembering that we are a people who are drawn up out of the water, that by the water we are transformed, that we are made new. And you can dip like this or you can take some water and form a cross on your head almost like we do at Ash Wednesday. I invite you to just take a moment after you feel the water to either kneel Or go back to your seat and spend some time in prayer. And friends, if you have not been baptized and want to learn more about what that might look like, come and find me after service. I would love to talk to you about um, what baptism is and how uh, you can maybe take a step towards that if that is something you're interested in. Even if you haven't been baptized, you are welcome to come and get a foretaste of what that might feel like. I see this, ha ha. So friends, remember your baptism as we um, enter to communion.